Welcome to another epic episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we will learn how to become profitable as filmmakers. And guys, it will mean the world to me if you leave a five-star review and subscribe to this channel for more awesome content. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another week and another live. It's been a while. Good to be back. Good to be doing this again. So you guys already know today's topic is you're not just a colorist. You're not just a filmmaker. You're not just a cinematographer. You're not just a producer. So this is going to touch base on a one of the biggest pain point when it comes to our industry and the things that I've noticed. So get super pumped. Let's get into it. Let's let's get started. Okay, so what am I talking about? You're not just a colorist. One of the things that I notice in our industry that happens a lot is that people just shrug their shoulders and kind of go, I can do this, but I won't because it's not part of my job. Okay, and I see this a lot. I've been seeing it a lot in post-production for a while now. An editor will stick to their jobs, and if they have to do just even a tiny bit of motion graphics or something like that, they'll be like, I don't know, man, can't help you with that. That's not my thing. And it creates a lot of chaos. It creates a lot of unnecessary drama that shouldn't be there in the first place. Okay, so I'm going to kind of touch base on the characteristics of like this individual and how can we address it. Okay, so I'm just a colorist attitude leads to this lack of responsibility. Okay, so this is how it starts. Like the the core element of just like, I'm just a cinematographer, I'm just a filmmaker, is that you are lacking accountability, you're lacking responsibility, okay? So this is how it usually goes. Lack of responsibility, right? Like subcategories will be, that's not my area of expertise. So that's something that would happen time and again, like I said. I mean, you know, you would be talking to a colorist and you could be like, hey dude, can you you know, replace this guy or can you do wire removal or something like that? I know it is sort of like a visual effects thing, so it's not expected of you to do it, but a more constructive answer would be like, dude, I don't do a lot of visual effects, but let me look into it. Let me see what can be done. And maybe look up a video, like watch a video or two, and you might learn something that you know, would be a very valuable skill, you know, down the road. So you're basically learning as you're getting paid. So you always have to kind of, you know, switch that around like that attitude of just kind of like, hey, man, hands off. That's not my thing. I wouldn't know anything about it. Again, lack of responsibility will lead into, uh, you know, you saying I wouldn't know anything about it. Like, you know, hey, can you drop in graphics like once you're done grading this and then we can just export from Resolve so we can avoid gamma shifts, blah, blah, blah. And you'll go, I don't know much about you know, dropping in sub, you know, supers and like this and that, like, and the other thing, like, that's not my thing, you know? And now you're creating once again, that unnecessary workaround that just could be taken care of if you just kind of go, all right, I'll take responsibility for it. Like, no big deal. I'll do it. And you know, it's not charity because you can bill your client. They're not trying to just, you know, pull a fast one on you. All they're just wondering is that, hey, can it all be done here? Like, can you do this one extra thing? And that's going to be great. So you can easily just, you know, help them out and say, yep, I got you. Now let's get into the second main point, which is blame game mindset. Okay, once again, 
if you're just a colorist, if you're just a cinematographer, you're gonna fall into like that blame game mindset. So what is that? You know, it starts with like, it's not me, it's them. How many times have we heard that, that a colorist gets a project and then he's going through it, right? With the director or whatever. Um, and you know, you're just kind of rolling your eyes looking at the footage because you think that the DP didn't do a great job and now you have to fix all of that in post. How many times has that happened? Or let's just say the director is not even in the room because you don't know if the director is really tight with the DP so you don't want to say anything. But then you're thinking to yourself, you're kind of going, they should have done this in post. Or when you are actually grading, you don't do you don't go the extra mile and the director goes what's going on like can't you just like bring back the detail in the window blah 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 and you go dude it wasn't lit right like you know it's not me it's them like you know i can't do that like that can't be done so like you're coming in with that mindset you understand like where a lot can be done if you just change that if you just switch that like flip that switch and just go i'll make it happen i'll i'll work it out don't worry about it okay it's the way it was shot. Like that's what that's another thing, right? With the blame game mindset. Like, you know, it's 8-bit footage. It's 10-bit footage. It's not 12-bit. It is shot, you know, against the sun. Like this is going on, that's going on. Like, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like I can't, you know, add a vignette and, you know, shape light because X, Y, and Z. So once you live in that mindset, you your brain is going to get so creative and you're going to come up with so many things to just like not do something that it becomes pathetic right so like you just you want to avoid that you don't even want to let that bug inside your head from the get go and guys again you know i wasn't always like this right so like i have done these things like the reason why it's so easy for me to pinpoint all these points is because you know, shamelessly, like I was there before, right? So like I have done some, if not all of these things. So like they're very close to what I did do that I'm not proud of. And now I'm sharing with you guys being on the other side to be like, don't make the mistakes that I've made or others have made or still make that I uh, am friends with. And uh, I'm just kind of like, you know, going, I wish, you know, this person didn't have that mindset. And if they can just think about it this way, like the potential is endless. All right. Uh, the third point in the blame game mindset is if it was only shot on Alexa, how many times have you guys even made that comment on my videos? <laughs> like where you guys just go, Kazi, this is really cute that you showed us this grade, but it's shot on Alexa. Why don't you show us something that's shot on this, that, or the other thing? And then time and again, I proved you guys wrong where I did grade something shot on, you know, GH5 or A7S2. And some of the highest viewed videos on my channel are the videos shot in 8 or 10 bit and those consumer, you know, grade cameras. So my point is that, you know, if you just genuinely look at like what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do instead of just like walking in with that shackle on you like where you just go this is a project that i'm working on if it was if they had a two million dollar budget and if they were using alexas and if they were doing this or doing that it would have been great but they're not doing it so eh, i'll just do whatever but i don't know you know so like i mean think about it right like even when you're approaching something with that mindset i mean i don't know how many of you saw the presentation from apple yesterday but if you saw the stuff that they're doing on the hollywood side with their iphone cameras like it's mind-boggling right and once again like going back to that like you know Catherine bigelow two-time you know oscar winner like she doesn't need to even be associated on this project she can just shoot everything on alexa and just be like hey like iphone is too like you know, it's just not my thing. But 
they're just kind of showing you that, hey, like at the end of the day, like we're getting to a point when it comes to technology that the tool is not really an obstacle anymore. So like, what do you want to do with it? Right. So like that's that's what I want to instill in you, too, with these you know topics that when we talk about it, that guys, trust me, if you just have a little bit of shift in your mindset, the, the return on investment is just going to be unreal. OK, so let's move on to our third main point, which is it can be done. So once again, a very like a complimentary thing to somebody who says, I'm just a colorist mindset. Like, you know, they'll have like this can't be done attitude. So it's like, they're not very flexible, like absolutely zero flexibility. I've worked with some highly, highly talented people and their biggest Achilles heel was that, that they were just so rigid. Like they were just not flexible at all. And it just almost, you want to just hold them and just shake them and just be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you know that this can be done. You know that you can do this. Like, what is stopping you? And what that does is that, you know, the, having the, you know, not offering solutions, clients just will not call you back. Like, I mean, they'll work with you once and then they'll, you'll just not get a call back. That's it. Like, that's the worst that can happen in our industry, right? Like, it's not like somebody's going to actually physically harm you. Like, people are just going to go, cool, man. Like, all right you know, good for you. Like, I mean, you work a certain way, you're this way, like, and you don't want to change or you don't want to listen to us. Like, great, just do your thing. Like, you know, we'll go with somebody else next time. And, you know, you might go like, well, that client, like, I didn't want to work with them anyways, but you get what I'm saying? Like, then you're set on that trajectory. And then one, you know, losing one client becomes two, three, four, and then all of a sudden you have no work. Um, okay. And you're kind of, again, going back to then blaming everybody, blaming the world instead of like looking inward and just kind of going, what do I need to change? What do I have to do, um, you know, to like not be in that situ situation again? So uh, another point in can't be done category would be creating uninspiring environment because that's a big one, right? Like here's the thing. I don't care how good of a teacher somebody is or how good of a mentor someone is, if they can't inspire you, if they can't like get to get you to a point where you're like, I watched that video from Kazi, I'm so freaking amped, it's three in the morning, I'm gonna go to sleep and I'm gonna set an alarm for four hours, I wanna wake up at 7 a.m. and I wanna start going again. If I can do that, which a lot of the comments that I get on my videos, and this is just literally my favorite comment to read, like where people actually get inspired. When I can do that to you, like that is the paradigm shift, okay? And other people are always looking forward to working with people that can do that to them, right? Even clients, like they wanna be in an environment where everybody is just having a good time, bouncing ideas back and forth. There is no ego, you know, battle happening there. And you're just kind of like, I love this. Like, this is amazing. You know, I used to dread going to work and now I enjoy going to work because I get to work with, you know, Prateek, Jake, like, you know, Gabi, whatever. Like, I get, I get to work with these guys and it's just a fun environment. I like to be there. So that does matter. And uh, it's all in your hands. Like, what kind of environment not only you want to create for yourself, what kind of experience do you want to create for others when they're when you're in their presence, right? So, I mean, like, like what I'm saying is that don't only take accountability for what's in your control, also take accountability for the other party. Like just take charge of the whole thing. You're going to feel in control. You're going to drive the ship like wherever you want. And if you're being positive and doing the right thing, 
it's going to be a win-win. Now let's move on to our four, fourth main point in this category, which will be client suggestions are garbage. Now tell me how many times has that happened where whether you want to openly admit it or not, that you know, you're working on a project, you get a feedback. I mean, this happened like four weeks ago. Like, I mean, three or four weeks ago, I was working on a project and I got some feedback that was literally 180. Like, I'm just like, whoa, what? Like, I, I read the email and I'm just like, my first reaction, my crock brain, right? Like, my first reaction is just like, what? Like, I'm just ready to fight. Like, I just want to throw in the towel and just be like, what is going on? And then I just like take a moment, I breathe. And I just like look at their feedback, I see what they're talking about, and I just go, I see the both sides, right? Like I see the director saying, this is what the client wants, Kazi, I love you, I know the stuff that you do is great, blah, 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 but you know, bro, we're not going in this direction, we're going in that direction, what are our options? And I just like sit back, I relax, and I just go, we'll make it work. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. Like, you know, let me let me try out a few things and let's see what happens. And um, the end results, you know, were so good that I actually thanked the director and said, I'm actually pretty proud of this project. And, you know, I want to share it with everybody because I love the way it turned out. And like I said, my crock brain, the beginning thing was like, I can't do this. I don't want to work on this. Like, you know, I, I just, I'm out. And then as soon as I just kind of sat back and thought about it, I'm just like, I'm not going to, only do this, I'm going to absolutely destroy it. I'm going to kill it. Like where once we put this thing out, like we're all going to be proud of it. And that's, again, it's just, it's in your control. You know, you get to decide, you know, which mindset and which experience do you want to create? Okay. And another thing is like, uh, make the changes half-heartedly. Like, don't do that. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna work on a job and if you want your name on it, like, I mean, think about it, right? Like as creators, our name is on the gig. Like unlike, you know, say an accountant or like a lot of other jobs, like IT jobs or whatever, like, you know, one person or one main department will take the, you know, fall or, you know, credit for the wins. But everybody else that's working on the back end is sort of like just, it's a team, right? Whereas in our industry, like, I work on a commercial, I work on a music video, it goes out and at the end the credit rolls and like, you know, and my name is on there. But like the last round of changes that the client asked for, I didn't want to go in and out. I wanted, I didn't want to do it. So like I went in half-heartedly and now the result is kind of garbage. Like result is not what I was expecting. And now I'm ashamed of it because when I see my name on this thing, I'm cringing because I'm just like, oh man, like I could have fixed this. I could have fixed that. I could have like went 100% and made it right. Even after, you know, what they suggested that they wanted different. Um, so, you know, at the end, even if you go half-heartedly, you're the one who's losing. So don't do that. Then people are going to usually get combative and uh, pain in the ass to work with. And you just never want to do that. Like, you know, once again, I'm reiterating this point because too many times, I've experienced this and you guys know I run my own company too. So I work, deal with like colors that I hire and I'm telling you that's like the most unattractive quality. Okay. I, I can't deal with it. I can't do it. Like if you're just going to be combative for no reason and we're going to have this back and forth, like I want you to have spine, make a point. But then at the end, if I just go, I hear you, but this is what we need to do. Then just listen and let's just go. Let's make it work. Like, you know, get it done. So unnecessarily being combative. Don't think that that's an attractive trait and like, you know, the director or somebody's going to go, I love that this person challenges me. Just know the know the difference between like 
making your point and and giving them giving your client options or like when you're just you know being a troublemaker for no reason and it's not really it's not being constructive it's not helping anyone then just kind of know to back off and just be like all right i got it and then finally i want to talk about like this attitude that a lot of people will develop even at an early age and actually unfortunately i see you know the youngins doing this even more than people that are in their 30s or mid 30s or whatever and i'm talking about people that develop that attitude of like you know i know best and uh they'll just like you know mr know it all right like i mean even when the client is telling them like, hey, I, I want this and I want that. And they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 like I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And like, I was thinking about this too. And I was thinking about that too. But, and you're just like, dude, just, just stop. Like, stop it. Listen to me. And then, you know, just do the right thing, right? Like, I mean, just, just listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth and then try to make those changes. Like, don't just jump in and just be like, you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's exactly what I was going to do. You know, another thing that happens is uh, making clients feel stupid. So other thing that people will do is that they will take feedback, but they'll just be a smart ass about it. And uh, that's the ultimate no-no, okay? Um, nothing is going to get you not get that call again after you're done working on a project for the client. Like, you know, then just making them feel stupid, making them feel like, you know, because why are they hiring you? If they knew how to color, they would grade their own stuff. Why are they coming to you? So they're coming to you because they want your expertise. So obviously you got something that they, you know, would, you know, like on their project. That said, you don't have to like beat them over the head with it that, hey, you know that, right? Like you hired me as a colorist and I know my shit and like I'm the big cheese in town. You know that, right? You know that? Okay. So stop talking. Let me just do whatever I want to do. Like nobody wants that. Like they still want that, you know, collaborative, you know, interaction back and forth. So don't ever do that. Like nobody likes it. Like there's a way to be confident. And then there's a fine line between co being confident and being cocky. Okay. And then this is the ultimate thing. That's what's, uh, you know, that's going to happen besides losing that client. When you act like that, when you make people feel stupid and when you don't have a lot of flexibility, you stifle your own progress. So that's the ultimate loss that you're going to get from this entire attitude that I just described here, which will be, you know, you're just going to go, I know it all. I don't need to learn anything. Um, if people don't want to work with me, oh, well, like they don't know, you know, what they're missing out on. Like what happens with that, like isolated, you know, just nasty attitude, like that victim mindset is that you are the one who's ultimately take a huge L. OK, and when I say stifling your progress, like this is something, you know, the reason why that is the last part of this, you know, talk is because this is something that I want you guys to like really think about and live with because people just come in, man, like everybody's got a, a got an opinion, right? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll make a post and like everybody like everybody follows me, but then everybody comes in and tells me how to grade. So it's like, I mean, like talk to me about the biggest eye roll, right? Like it's like, yo, you are learning from me day in and day out, you come to my platform and see everything that I'm putting out. I'm showing you like, here's a, you know, stills from the spot. And then you come in and tell me how to grade it. Like, uh, give me a break. Right. So what I'm saying is that everybody's got opinions for freaking ages. How many people are actually doing shit? That's the question that you have to ask. Everybody can have opinions. Everybody tells you, you know, what they would do if they were making iPhone 13 or the next Android phone. But are you doing it? 
Are you doing that? Are you living your potential? Are you living to that max of like what you are capable of? That is just the question that you have to ask yourself. Like, I can't answer that. I can't answer that for you. So like anybody that's listening to this talk or anything else where all these help, like tips and these things are provided to you, somebody who's put in their experience to get to that point, you know, you guys can just put it in one ear and take it out the other because you just kind of go, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm going back to work. But ultimately, the thing is, if you were to give, like, let's just say everything that I mentioned here, a try for 21 days, what's the worst that's going to happen? Especially I'm talking to the people that are looking for change, that are not happy with where they're at. So I'm talking to you guys. Anybody that is just struggling, just kind of stuck, if you give this a try for 21 days, just go all in, word for word, just see what happens. Like, that's where I want to leave you guys with. Um, thank you all for joining. I will take a second to kind of go through some of the questions that we have coming in, and uh, I'll address that. Otherwise, this is what I had for you guys. All right, so this is a good question. How do you continually stay focused? So amazing question, uh, Julian, and uh, Julian is my son's name. That's amazing. So what I will say on this is uh, discipline. Discipline is so important, man. Like, you know, I, I woke up this morning, right, at 6.47, and I'm like, I don't want to wake up. Like, I am ahead of my schedule. I got things, you know, under control. I am my own boss, so that is the biggest blessing you know, and a curse at the same time, because what happens is I have to hold myself accountable. As humans, it's not the easiest thing to do, okay? When you just have to be at work at 8 o'clock or else you're going to get fired, it's really easy to get to work at 8 o'clock. But when you are your own boss and when you see, like, things are just working exceptionally well, it's really easy to just kind of go, ah, I'm just going to sleep in for an additional hour. I'm just going to take my time. Like, I don't even need to do anything. I'll just take a day off. And with me, um, I believe in systems and processes. I believe in creating this wall, creating that discipline um, around everything that I do that I don't leave anything to thinking. So it's like, I got to wake up at this time. I got to work out like right off, you know, right after I wake up, I'm going to go get Starbucks. I'm going to sit down, plan out my day. Like usually my day is planned out the day before, but I'm going to start attacking like all my tasks. So like I'll take out so many like unknown variables that just makes, you know, makes it difficult to do things that it's just really easy for me to start attacking my day. And then I'll do it again the next day. I'll do it again the next day. I'll do it again the next day. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that Make your entire like life frictionless. Take out as many frictions as possible from whatever it is that you do. It could be like taking a shower. Like start taking out frictions to a point where it just becomes a thing that you can do. Like just with your eyes closed, okay? And then everything becomes easy and even staying focused becomes easy. Like I said, I mean, waking up at you know, 6.30, 6.47, I don't want to do it. And then once I got up, I also knew, I thought about all the times that I have woken up and kind of pushed myself out of bed, how everything was just like perfect. Then I look back and I'm like, I'm glad I did that. And today is no different. I got up, just went on about my day, and I'm like, I'm so glad that I did that. So I feel like the wins 
you know, become addictive. Like once you start doing that, that then you look back and you're just kind of like, I don't want to go back to those ways. I want to be like this now, you know, and I want to keep improving on that. So, you know, being focused, sometimes I'm not, I'm not always focused, but it's easy for me to get in it. Like it's easy for me to like, as much as I love, you know, FIFA and like, I want to play, you know, FIFA video game, like is one of my favorite things. As long as I want to sit here and play FIFA all day, every day, I just, it's easy for me at my age now to just kind of go, no, I'll put it off. Like I'll do it when I genuinely earn it. But until then, I got this laundry list of things that I got to accomplish. So I'm just going to keep going. So excellent question. Love it. Luis is saying like, do you get inspiration from painters? If so, which ones? Luis, I'm not super into paintings. So like, I mean, uh, you know, and I'm just kind of ignorant about it. I'm not saying like I'm too cool for it or anything like that. I just don't know much about it. When I see a good one, like I'll just go, this looks amazing. But you know, you could tell me that, hey man, this is a mass, mass produced like target, you know, painting. Like it, it's nothing special. And I'll be like, well, I don't know. It looked good to me. So like, I, I don't know enough like the nuance uh, to know much about it. But for me, um, I, I'm, I'm like a rain man when it comes to picking up certain looks, like whether it's like a trailer that I'm watching for a movie or a show or something that I just catches my attention. Like even like I said, you know, watching the presenta uh, Apple presentation yesterday, the ads that they were playing um, in there, some of them just caught my attention and even the looks and I'm like, whoa, like I got to snap like this frame and bring it in resolve and kind of dissect it and try to recreate it because this was really cool. So I'm good at that, like where I'll just pick up inspirations like that. But honestly, not not so much as like how a lot of people do do it, like where they will be at a certain location and like the sunset is a certain way and they'll take a picture of it and like use that as an inspiration. I'm not so much like that. Like I will enjoy it in the moment and it's really easy for me to burn in certain hues in my mind and know exactly what was going on. Like when I'm in Texas, like it's a very distinct sunset in Texas. Like anybody who's from there, like you guys know what I'm talking about. So when I'm there and I'm seeing the sunset, I can burn in those certain colors and just be like, whoa, like this magenta is out of control. Like these colors are insane. So like I'll pop those in, in my head and go, okay, that's kind of cool. So if I'm ever pushing my images to that limit, I'll go, it's believable because I've seen it with my own eyes, you know? Great question. So Raul said, like, you know, how do you make your color judgment better? So, like, I mean, that's going to come with experience, bro. Like, I mean, just keep practicing, right? Because, I mean, there's so many variables in the beginning that you kind of have to nail. So whether it's your scopes, your skin tones, how is it looking on your calibrated monitor? Are, are your shots matching from one to the next? So, like, it's going to start with that. And then once you nail all of that, like, you know, you're going to start developing like that. Okay this is good. Like then you're going to build your own scale. Like, I mean, it's going to be a Raul scale from like zero to 10. Right. And you're going to be like, okay, I am pushing this, you know, in the right way. And this footage is getting to like that six is this footage is getting to that seven. And you'll know, then you even start judging the footage to be like, how much can it be pushed? So like, you'll go, if it's like shot by a really high end DP, you can push it to a 10. If it's shot with like, you know, somebody who's just sort of learning, like is kind of new in the space, then you're going to go, this is a five, this is a six. And you'll go, this is me pushing it as far as I can, but we can only take it to a six, you know? So you're going to start developing that. But ultimately, it's all going to start with uh, practicing, man. As in color assistant, I've had conflicts. 
with the seniors? How can I get their confidence back? See, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, I mean, you want to avoid that situation at all cost. This is what I'm getting at, right? Like, you're in a really tough situation. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you're, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to come out of that one because I'm here to tell you right now to be on the other side because I've worked with colorists, like I said. There are certain colorists that did that to me in the beginning that kind of challenged me unnecessarily and then I just had my freaking bullseye locked on them. Like I was just like, dude, I'm watching you. Give me freaking one reason. Give me one reason so I can just boom, like send you your final check, like give me a reason. And that became a very toxic environment for both of us because he sensed it. He's like, holy hell, this guy is on my throat. Like he just won't let me go. And then when he's under pressure, he's making mistakes. And then that's giving me more leverage to just kind of go, all right, bro, you're out. And he was out. Like I got rid of him. Like I just, I couldn't deal with him, you know? And so you like, this is, you know, this is a great question because this is the perfect example of like everything that I shared here and why it's so important. Because one, you know, you don't want to get in that situation. Like if you have heard all these points before, you would have known better and you wouldn't have done it. But now that water is under the bridge, what can we do? Um, I would suggest you kind of have to go above and beyond, man. Like, I mean, I'm not even joking. Like some of those things like where you bring them, like, you know, bring, you know, uh, you, one of your bosses, like, you know, their favorite coffee or like get them a $20 Starbucks card or something like that. You know, somebody might be listening to this and kind of going, dude, come on. Like, this is so cringy. It's not cringy, man. Like when you do these, when you make these gestures, you let the other person know that, hey, I'm thinking about you. Like I value you. I consider you more than just like this one title, job title. So people like that, you know, if somebody were to do that for me, I'm not going to be so stupid to just kind of go, oh, they gave me a freaking, you know, they gave me a Starbucks card. And next thing you know, they're asking for my panel. They want to just like get my panel. Like, I'm just going to give them my panel. I'm not that dumb. But if somebody does that for me, I'm just going to go. Life is so like there's so much going on for everybody. Like an 11 year old doesn't even have a second in, in his time, you know, like in his schedule. Like he's just bogged down with everything that's going around us right now. So it's like, if somebody takes the time to do that for you, to put in the thought, that goes a long way. So I would highly recommend doing something like that, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't need to be a Starbucks card. Like, you know, you know, your boss is better, but like, what is that thing that will make them happy, you know? And just kind of go, man, this is, he's a cool dude. Like, whatever, like let, let bygones be bygones, let's move on. So try that and see what happens. Ashok asks a pretty good question, like, will self-learning help us or help me to prosper uh, in the field of color grading? Absolutely. I mean, I'm self-taught. Every training that I've seen or watched or even the um, the boot camps that I've taken, 99.9% .9 of them are just like, you know, where the knobs are. Like, nobody necessarily, like, teaches you the process or, like, like the why behind the how. So... It was just mainly all self-taught, like, you know, you're just trial and erring stuff because majority of the advice out there was just so generic that you're like, dude, then I see company three stuff and I see like the next level stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I heard everything that you guys are saying and I'm trying it, but it's not at that caliber. So what is that? How do I get there? So when I started like just experimenting, 
and just like getting in there and doing my own thing after like picking up a few things here and there, like I started coming up with, you know, my own, like and that's what FCM and like everything that you guys get from me on YouTube or whatnot. Like, I mean, it's just like I, just a lot of stumbling over stuff and kind of going, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Let me share that with people. And then people get results. And, you know, it just it's obviously there's a lot of techniques that are just created here. And that's what also causes a lot of this stir in this industry, too, where people are just like, well, he doesn't work by the book or blah, 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 blah. And it's just because there is no one right way. There's so many different ways to go about things. And because this industry is fairly new compared to like cinematography, editing, directing, and all those um, areas in filmmaking, that it is sort of like a wild, wild west. Like people are creating their own processes and like their own methods, like to go about creating a certain look. And there is no right or wrong, uh, unless there are certain things that are just absolutely like destructive. Like if you don't set up your note tree a certain way, or whatever, you're just like, dude, you're done. Like this just doesn't work. You cracked your image in the beginning and you choked it. So it doesn't matter if it was shot on 15 stops. You choked your image in node number three. Everything afterwards is just not gonna really help you. So besides those things, I feel like, yeah, I mean, self-taught is the way to go, especially in 2021 where e-learning is so hot right now. And you don't want to just like wait for, oh, I'm going to go to college and learn color grading. I'm sure that now that color grading is becoming so popular, they're going to start, um, you know, dropping that as a, as a whole, you know, bachelor's in color grading. I know colleges are going to do that because it's a business first and they want like you to pay $80,000 to learn something that literally you can from my, you know, my course. Like, you know, and I'm not going to disclose uh, certain colleges that reached out to me and want to actually do that collaboration where they want me to create like a course for their school. And I'm just kind of like, I don't want to do that because schools are literally like they're, they're, they're businesses first than like really a place that is teaching you anything. And, and we know that now because we're woke. We have YouTube. We have the internet. And it's like we can learn so much of what's taught in schools for free or literally for a fraction of the cost and in days compared to like literally devoting four years of our lives. So Dalen asked a pretty fun question. What's going on, brother? So like if I did a colorist versus who would I like to go against? Honestly, I'm not going to answer that because it's for all the reasons. But I'm going to say this. Here is something that I am thinking about. Um, I have a meeting with Jake in a couple of hours and we're going to be discussing like YouTube content and all that good stuff too. But I am thinking, and you guys tell me what you think. Obviously drop a comment below. But like I'm thinking about doing a versus series as in Queen's Gambit or John Wick. Like not even like two looks in the same realm, like two completely different looks. And then we do a versus. And this time we just make the video about like, don't worry about what the client wants. Don't worry about anything. Let's just say that you are told that, hey, create whatever the hell you want. Pick one between these two looks and why. So like I want to start a series like that. So basically like let's just say even if I do Blade Runner versus Her, you know, the movie Her. And if I do these two, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a look inspired by both of them on the same shot. So that is going to be the fun part of that exercise, right? I'm going to take the same shot. 
I'm gonna make it look like Blade Runner. I'm gonna make it look like her. Like I'm just gonna go use it as an inspiration. And then I'm gonna ask you guys, what do you guys like about it? Like, you know, drop a comment below and uh, which one is, was your favorite. So that is like a series that I'm thinking about. I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm gonna talk to Jake about it too and let's see what he thinks, but uh, something that could be interesting. So like, I mean, that's one of the ideas that I'm thinking about. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy that you brought that up, bro. So how hard is the shift when you're switching from Premiere Pro to DaVinci Resolve? So first of all, if you go to my channel and then search within my channel, just type in Premiere Pro, watch that one video and uh, it's gonna it's gonna basically open you up to just like switch, you know, right into um, DaVinci Resolve. Also, I'm working on a brand new training that I'm gonna be putting out in a week or so, maybe less than a week. Um, and that is also going to show you exactly how to do it. Like, you know, hey, guys, stop using Final Cut 10 Premiere Pro, just jump right into Resolve and here's how, you know, kind of thing. So that's gonna be coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. Man, you guys are just like always asking for technical questions. It kind of blows my mind. I'm actually gonna like talk for two seconds about this. I promise you, I'm telling you right now, the thing that's most ignored, which is soft skills, like how to deal with clients, how to handle pressure on jobs, um, how to work on our mindsets, how to be more disciplined, these things that everybody just kind of knows that, oh yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I do all of that. Like check, 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 that's easy. You're not doing that. Like people are not doing that because if everybody was doing that, everybody would be just absolutely destroying the game. Like absolutely destroying the game, just killing it everywhere. And I just feel like it's interesting to me that I just, every time we get questions and especially when we're having these sort of presentations where it is about to like inspire you to ask more questions about this. Like where you ask very nuanced, like specific questions about like the problems you might be having at work or you know something that you're struggling with. And then everybody keeps going back to the budget monitor. And it kind of blows my mind because I'm telling you, and it kind of blows my mind because I'm telling you that at the end of the day, none of this absolutely matters because what really matters is like, can you get the job? Like I know people that are way talented, like way more talented than, you know, a lot of colors that I've come across or even myself, but like nothing is happening. Nobody's knocking on the door. Like nothing is happening for them. And it's like, dude, so much is just right in front of you if you just latch onto these five principles, like these three things and see what happens. And it's just like really funny to me, like when I go through all these questions, like everything is always about the monitor and I'm just like, all right, we'll answer those two. But you're just missing out on a really, really huge opportunity, like where you get answers to questions where people usually do masterminds for. People that are, why, why is everybody who's an FCM is like such a family? Like FCM fam is a real thing. Why is that? Because we do so much more than just like the button pushing in there. And even like the, you know, the, the freelance module in the course is like all about like, I don't even think that I show you resolve once in the freelance module because that module is all about like the mindset and like how to actually get jobs, like work on the soft skills because it's that important. So like I'm telling everybody, especially people uh, and everybody can use help, right? Like I am learning all day, every day about like how can I improve these skills all the time? 
like so many conversations back and forth that Jake and I have. And he'll be like, you know, uh, working with a new client, blah, blah, blah. Or I'll be like, hey, I dealt with this client this way and that was a mistake. Next time I want to try this, you know? And like, we're going back and forth. We're constantly improving. And I feel like that makes the entire process so much more fun because then it's not so monotonous like where wake up in the morning, go to work, grade, 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 and you're just like, okay, time to go home. Like, I mean, then it becomes so much more than that. So just have fun with it. Like, have fun with all of it. Don't just be stuck in that, you know, become that, you know, just monitor nerd. Like, that one thing that you're just like, dude, I don't care about anything else. Just tell me what's the best, you know, bias lighting out there. All right, that's an amazing question from Jake. So he's like, rush job, you have three hours, full creative direction. What's your first thought on the look development? So obviously, first thing that I'm going to do is like once I bring in my project, it's all ready to go for color. I'm going to bring in the references that they shared. He says like full creative direction, which means I have the, you know, all the references. So I bring those in. I spend the first hour to hour and a half, maybe hour and 40 minutes um, creating the base look. Like just balance out everything depending on how pushed the look is. So let's just use you know, uh, Matrix as an example. They're going because it's on my mind, like Matrix 4 trailer and all that shit. So let's just say it's Matrix, super, super pushed crazy. So if that's the case, I know that the look end of it, I'm going to be pushing the F out of it. So then for my base, I'm going to keep it pretty flat. So even when I'm building my base for all the shots, let's just say I'm starting with the CST and usually in Resolve, CST is pretty strong. It throws a really strong S-curve. So even if we're starting with the really strong S-curve, I'm going to open that up and I'm going to then balance out all my images. Like I said, I will spend about an hour to hour and 40 minutes um, first just to kind of, you know, evening out everything, getting everything ready. And I'm going to spend the last half an hour to like 45 minutes then dropping on the look. And that's going to be easy. Once you go really, really hard on creating a base look and then balancing it, balancing it, it, it out, uh, then you go under your group clips and you just start working on the look. And that is usually a pretty simple process. Sometimes I'll break up uh, different scenes into groups. So like even when I drop like the blanket look, then I can adjust the contrast and stuff like that. Because if it's like indoors compared to when it's like exteriors, even exteriors, like it depends. Like if it's a 12 o'clock to like a 5 o'clock, like all that matters. So then I'll still throw on a blanket look that I've created. And then I'll go and I'll open it up or I'll, I'll tighten it, you know, like in terms of the contrast, bring up the shadows, stuff like that. So that's what I will do. Amazing question, bro. Awesome. All right, guys, I just saw that... Uh, Inter Milan and Real Madrid are playing the UCL as the, the UEFA Champions League match just began. So priorities, right? So I'm going to bail. I'm going to watch that. This was fun. Great time. Love you guys. And guys, thank you so much for sticking around till the end. Please leave a five-star review and make sure you're following this channel. I will see you in the next episode.